When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, welcome to the first of two Ampart Rules podcasts that are going to be released today. Uh, this one is looking back at the 2022-2023 pivotal moments. I'm Alex, your host, and I've been joined today by Matt Lansley. Matt, how are you? I know you were at the conference playoff final yesterday. Yeah, it was a bit different. It was nice not not being at a Reading game. I have to say, I could enjoy a football match um, for once. Yeah, fully enjoying the off-season now and trying to gear myself up for League One next year. And were you on the winning or losing side at Wembley? I was on the winning side. I was in the Notts County end. I had um, a mate who's... Um, uh, got a Notts County um, friend and he also supports them as well. And uh, yeah, there was four of us and uh, yeah, it was good fun. It was it was nice being in a winning end of a playoff and experiencing it. Maybe Reading will be there one day. Matt Lansley, confirmed glory hunter. Um, <laughs> obviously, you just want to give a shout out and a big thanks to our sponsors from this season, Phantom Brewing Co. and Blue Collar Street Food. Uh, both of them have been fantastic for us and if you've never checked out either of them, summer is great to, to check out both of them. Blue Collar, obviously, in uh, Central Reading. Phantom Brewing Co. just outside Central Reading. Open, both open all weekend, every weekend. And uh, while the weather's good, go and check check them both out. Also been joined by Paul Mann, who is still on holiday. Paul, how are you enjoying the off-season? I'm enjoying it a lot, uh, possibly too much. Uh, that's the problem. I think I need to, like, slightly... Um scale back the indulgence I think it's got a little bit too big for me I'll be quite honest after like nearly two and a half weeks I think it's breaking me down but talking of indulgence I uh, would just like to say a special thanks to everyone who's paid for a beer for EPR you can still do that if you go to our shop on umpirerolls.com and we also said that if you gave us a donation paid for a beer which is always gratefully received uh, we'd read your name out. So here we go. Here's some of the people that have been involved. Michael Rowden, Simon Over, Darren Long, Mark Sugar, Dame White, Mike Crone, Andre Rosso, Darren Saywood, Gary Haywood, David LaRiviere. Oh, sorry if I've got that wrong, David. Alex Gregerson, Justin Loveridge, Matthew Everson, up oh, the Eversons, that's what I say. Uh, Paul Richardson, Matt Thompson, David Jay McWright, Nick Knights, not Nick Knight as in like the cricketer, blimey, that would be some achievement, wouldn't it? Ian Andrews, Andrew Butcher, uh, Sonia Luco's biggest fan, Andy Willett, and I've got a couple more here. 
It is Craig Richards and Simon Slater. So thanks a lot for all your donations and we really appreciate it. And we will be indulging in alcoholic beverages very soon, Alex and Matt, won't we? It sounds like you've already indulged in a few, if I'm honest, Paul, with this holiday. But I'm sure we'll 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 enjoy them fully over the summer at some point. At Blue Collar or Phantom, probably. Yes, I would imagine so. Uh, excellent establishments, and I would highly recommend them. <laughs> Let's kick off. Okay, we're going to discuss... There's two podcasts coming out today. We're going to discuss pivotal moments in this one. The second one, we'll be discussing more uh, player reviews from the season and looking forward and things like that. It'll be a bit different to this one. But let's start, Paul, all the way back uh, when the season began in July, late July, early August. Reading had a really good start to the season, in all honesty. I know it seems like a long time ago and people have probably forgotten about it, but they really did have a good start to the season. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of, it just feels weird saying that now. It wasn't that bad at all, was it? I mean, um, going into the season, I was really worried about us getting relegated. There's no doubt on that. And I remember after the first day against Blackpool, I was really depressed. <laughs> I was really depressed. And I was certain that we were going to get relegated. Ultimately, that was right, but I didn't want to be right at all. But then, yeah, we did have some amazing performances. We had Millwall which Naby Sarr came alive. We had Blackburn. I mean, Blackburn for me is the best performance we've had in 10 years. I would say the best one since McDermott. I best one it. since Ipswich at home under Steve Clark. The yeah, one yeah that's, Steve Clark, that's, I think. that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, it particularly reminded me, that was a different style of football, that one, I felt. But when I looked at the Blackburn one, it reminded me of Brian McDermott. I mean, what do you think, Matt, when you were at that match? Because... It, it really was quite exciting seeing that. It was. And it was kind of the perfect mix of um, play on pitch and the fans in the stands as well, because the atmosphere that night was absolutely sensational, you know. Um, and Blackburn coming to us top of the league at the time. Um, another game it kind of reminds me of was um, uh, Middlesbrough under Steve Clark. Um, the 2-0 the, the, the we had against them, um, you know, it was a bit close to that game. Um, against Borough but um, but yeah it was just one of those games which you, you just left it and you just you started to hope didn't you you started to hope that things might be different this year that maybe we had all judged Paul Lintz too soon that he wasn't quite going to be the character he turned out to be um, but yeah it, it was <sighs> looking back on it you just think like where where did it all go wrong from there I mean we were top of the league Matt at the end of August after yeah. we, after we after beat Millwall Mm. And um, Naby Sarr got his debut goal. I think it was his only goal of the season, actually, from from memory, wasn't it, Paul? Debut mm. goal at, at middle at Millwall away, and you know, almost two thousand Reading fans in the sun in London, bank holiday weekend in August, and we were top of the league. I really couldn't have, you know, dreamed of a much better start for Reading uh, this season no. because it. As you say, I I was very much convinced that we'd be in the bottom six, battling relegation the entire season. So to start the season with you know four wins from the first six games and five from the first eight felt a bit ridiculous. And and they they a lot of them were convincing as well. Um, Millwall could have been more than one nil. You know you had the Shane Long miss. Jeff Hendrick also had a big miss in that game. Um, you know so like they, they weren't. 
just smash and grabs. They were good performances, um, which it just, yeah, it just kind of lends it more to kind of the, you know, where did things go go wrong? But Paul, you were going to say something. No. <laughs> we, we, we'll move on from that great start of the season because things were going really well. Uh, you know, August we'd won, like I say, four out of four out of six in, or four out of seven in August. September, we only lost one game in September and that was the kind of the first real signs that things might not be going so well for when Sunderland came to town and that was a bit of a mauling, I think, that Sunderland game, wasn't it? Yeah, sorry about that brain delay there. Like I said, too much indulgence. Um, the uh, Sunderland match. Yeah, I mean, Sunderland were fantastic that evening. I mean, everyone can talk about how we didn't play well and we weren't great. But that third goal from Sunderland was absolute class. It was a good goal. I agree. Yeah, at, the time, at the time, I think I wrote it off as like, wow, Reading were just absolutely shit. And then looking back, I'm a bit like, They were well, that as well. There's no doubt. It, it was a good goal. Now I look back at it, it was a good goal. I, I have to give it some credit. The good I thing mean, Roberts was... as well. Roberts is a player that I've always really liked. I've always kept an eye on him because I remember seeing him play for Fulham in the academy in the FA Youth semi-finals. Or was it I think he beat, he, he beat, it was when they beat Reading at Craven Cottage wasn't yeah. it, a few years ago. Yeah, I think it was actually the final, wasn't it? And... Um, players like Aaron Cool playing for us. I mean, he's slowly going back up again. But yeah, a really good player went to Celtic and kind of it's taken a few years to find his feet. But at Sutherland, they seem to really love him. And he's always had great technical ability. But yeah, I mean, he was really good. And Sutherland, they were just too good for us. And it's shown where they are in the league. It wasn't a fluke, was it? I, I kind of feel as well, looking back on it, because you... Before before that game, you you kind of had two more maulings. You obviously had Rotherham away, which was just obviously it was quite a fluke that game. You know, it was goalkeeping errors. It was one of those games which you know, yeah, it's hard to justify. You had Sheffield United, but Sheffield United were flying at that point, you know, and that was another four nil. But then, but Matt, how worried were you about Joe Lumley at that moment? Oh, <laughs> terribly, and it didn't Let, get better. Let's not the pretend season. that all of us were terrified. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. And but you could kind of, I guess, as bad as it sounds, you could kind of throw away those those two four nils because Sheffield United were brilliant and they were, you know, top of the league at that point and most thought they were going to go up anyway. But um, uh, sorry, uh, Rotherham was, like I say, it was a bit of a like one of those days which you just think, well, a goalkeeper's had an absolute mare there. But Sunderland, you could start to maybe see things setting in. You know, if you're going to start looking at, I think the the interesting thing was after those early defeats that we had in the season. You know, Rotherham, Sheffield United, done. After each of those, we did come back and win the next game or win the next two. It wasn't. We weren't like producing a bad run of form. Our first bad run of form, Matt, didn't really come until kind of October time when we went four games without a win, we drew against Norwich and we'd lost to QPR away, lost to West Brom at home, lost to Swansea. And then we get to the end of um, October and we travel to top of the table, Burnley. And I think this is the first kind of point in the season where I was like, ah, oh, crap, things are like going against us. Like not just, we're not just not winning games now. We're also getting like luck going against us as well. It feels like. Yeah. You know, and I think everyone remembers what we were talking about, that penalty decision, you know, at, at Burnley. Um, 
it, it, it leaving I remember leaving that ground and just feeling absolutely horrible to be honest because it, it, it was whenever you go to top of the table I mean admittedly we didn't expect to get anything from that game but we were so close and like you say it kind of it would have helped break that run of games but you just get the questions like you say start setting in is the luck going against us is this going to start being a trend through the season it's another late goal that we've conceded you know that has cost us which has you know been a hallmark over the years as well you know how much is that going to affect the team yeah it was it was so frustrating leaving turf more because like you say i think reading played quite well that day we didn't like dominate Burnley by any means but we definitely matched them um we took the lead in in the second half and you think oh this this could you know we could still get a point out of this even I mean they equalized fairly quickly after but like it was felt like we could get a point and then to go down in the last minute away from home in the in the box against top of the table and you don't get a penalty and then they go up the other end and literally 30 seconds later you've gone from a potential three points to a four and a half hour journey home from Burnley with no points. It's that was rough. Um, and I seem to remember a um, a Burnley fan because um, I remember we, we 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 were talking on the way out, and uh, I think he overheard something that we were talking about, and he just he he he, uh, he said something on the lines of um, uh, you know, it's only a game of football or something. Don't, don't be too down. It's like fuck off. Like seriously, that <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, put yeah, me in a bad mood. I'll never those. forget that. Yeah, um, and something in our form that we put out, which we'll be doing in our second podcast, that happened at another game that was very similar to that <laughs> from someone who sent it in. Yeah, and then Paul, we um, we ended up going into the World Cup break on the back of a, a nice away win at Hull. At we and I'll be honest, the whole game away from home, although we won it. I, I mean, I went with Lansley to this away game and I remember Lansley was sitting there waiting to go home because the game was that bad. Oh and my it, was, God. it was a dreadful game. And I think the whole game, despite winning, was one of the first times when I thought, yeah, Reading aren't actually... Good. They're really not that good. They're going to have to grind every single victory because yeah, we struggled so much. And although we won, it felt like a bit of a smash and grab. Can we talk about that miss from Hull? I mean, Amadou to and Benga, now, yeah, the goalkeeper, that has to it? be one of the misses of the season. I mean, at that point, you're thinking, actually, really, okay, maybe our luck has changed because that was a massive slice of luck for him to miss that. But, but it turns out it wasn't. I mean, even though we got the own goal right at the end, which was an incredible slice of luck again, that was about it, really. That was where we peaked at the season. It was at that moment, maybe, when the luck on the on the luckometer. Oh my god, I can't believe I just pulled that out. But like, yeah. What do you think of that well, one? That it must have been a a weird game coming back from. Oh, it was it was a shocker. Um, I was sat up, feet on the feet on the seats in front of me for most of the game because it was just boring as anything. Um, I, like I. Uh, like I wanted, I won't lie. I wanted to go home after about thirty minutes. It was absolutely dire. Um, but the moments at the end, I went from incredible depression um, and boredom to when when we got the free kick, I kind of got a little feeling that something might happen. And I, I, I took I took my feet off the seats in front um, and sat forward a little bit. And then Andy Carroll decided to pop up, and I went from literally boredom to absolute elation very quickly. Um, it was uh, yeah. 
um it was it was it was it was a weird game it was a weird game because like, like alex said i was so bored i was depressed at half time as well i was really annoyed at half time because i missed hull's brilliant food they had there as well that is one massive downside of not not being in the championship next year i'll be honest because hull's food in the stadium is probably the best in the league um you know i'm not one to sit and get food at every single ground but hull's is really good it's quite quite disappointing that uh we don't don't get that next year. I'm hoping that League One has some decent offerings. Lansley's already looked up a good fish and chip shop in Fleetwood. So, Highbury, oh, Highbury yeah. Chippy. I am really looking. I've heard very good things about it. Really good things. Um, so I hope it doesn't disappoint because the chips, fish and chips we got in Blackpool a few years ago, Alex, that was incredibly disappointing. Never again. Yeah, the, they were. They weren't. They weren't the one. I'll be honest. So this Highbury Chippy map, which you've built up, has got to be good. Um, mm. We went into the World Cup break, Paul, just in the top half. We were 12 going into the, during the World Cup break. The, the worrying thing was, though, that we had a goal difference of minus seven at that point, where all the teams around us were at like one or zero or, you know, minus one maybe. But points-wise, the table was so tight. I think even at that point, we were only six points clear of Wigan, who were in 22nd. So it's not like we were miles clear of relegation. And that kind of like run of form where we'd struggled to get any points in, in October had kind of pulled us back into the mid, middle of the pack a bit. Um, we came back from the World Cup, obviously, in what was it, middle of December. And Reading did put a few results together uh, up until New Year. We won two games. And then January happened and it just felt like everything just went and just collapsed and it fell apart completely. What is it with January's? It was the exact same last year as well when you look at it didn't win a game in january at all didn't win a game uh, in january really... last year no I hate january awful awful month get it out get it out of the calendar i think you'll find that we did win a game in january it was in the fa cup and shane lodd scored one of his two goals <laughs> this season two nil watford yes <laughs> yes against watford's under 23s in the midst of their injury crisis i love shane I love Shane, but yeah, we can come into the more into like individual players in the next podcast. I can't, I can't count yeah. that as a, as, as a meaningful win, unfortunately. No, uh, no, sadly. But it did take us to Manchester United, and people do love going to Manchester United, don't they? One thing that did happen in January, which we should probably touch on, is the the absolute collapse that was Reading 2-0 at home against QPR, um, and we fell apart in the second half to draw 2-2. I think that is that two years in a row now that we've fallen apart against QPR at home. Yeah, two goal leads last year was three one, and that was a last minute winner. I think for them that day was or last minute equaliser. And um, yeah, it's it's not the one seemingly at home against QPR, but you, you, you look at you look at that game as well, and it was it, it that result looked even worse the longer the season went on, didn't it? And when everyone realised actually quite how bad QPR were. Um, in that run, you know, this was towards the start of that run. Um, I think they were, they, they, I think they were winless in about five or six though, going into that. Cause there was nervousness. I remember from QPR. They were still in the top half at that point mm. or just outside the top half. They, they, they I mean, they were in the playoffs. Well, they, like, they, they, as, they were top. As we entered the, as we came back from the world cup and they were like, I don't know, seventh or sixth or something very close to the playoffs. And as you say, this was the start of that run where they started to fall apart and, it got worse and worse that that result i think because the more we went on i remember where like i meet matt after games it's very near the away end 
and they're coming out the QPR fans and they're singing I'll tune up and you fucked it up to you know all that kind of shit and you think oh just fuck off <laughs> you might be right you need to find a better right. point to meet I feel Paul just just right? to save you standing there yeah we to, yeah we'll have to take that one off there <laughs> save you I, from the away fans <laughs> and I don't I don't want to get into these these moments but February was really quite depressing um we did win games in february which we'll touch on but there was a, a kind of a three game stretch in february where i think people had pinned their hopes on it paul on rotherham at home cardiff away blackpool at home and people pinned their hopes on those three games and said we've got to get six points have to get six points and we did get six points but it was really sandwiched in between one of the worst ever performances i've watched from a reading side and i'm, I'm talking as the someone who's watched, you know, 400 plus Reading games. And I would say this is in definitely in my top 10 of all time worst Reading performances, Cardiff away. And we lost one nil. I think the context of the championship has got to be up there as one of the worst ever in that kind of era, because I remember seeing us in the lower than that. And we was oh, some fucking chucking bombs in there. Yeah. I but think when you look at like the context, yeah. It, it, in of the, the championship. Easily. Yeah. It was, it was really, I mean, we just did nothing, absolutely nothing in that game and completely deserved to lose. It, our whole mindset was just defend, defend, and no point really going to the opposition half against a team that was, I mean, Cardiff were not that great. But I mean, coming, coming into that future. game, coming into that game, Cardiff hadn't won at home since October first. Mm. You know, they hadn't won at home yeah. for four months, and that was that was one of the killers about that game. You know, you've gone to a team that is shocking at home. You know, they I think um, their manager had only been in for three or four games as well at that point, hadn't quite had a bounce. And like you say, you just but, come and defend. And they played like Barcelona. They should have been four 0 up. Like by the time we got to sixty minutes, maybe not quite like Barcelona. They were very good. Right, <laughs> we made them look incredibly good. We uh, did because we just did nothing. We just sat no. in shape and defended and like we were like League One, which we are. So ultimately, it was an indicator. Maybe it wasn't the Cardiff game. Maybe it wasn't the Cardiff game, Matt. But it, maybe it was the Sunderland game the week before. But I think this—it's probably the mm. first time that people really kind of just went. Ince is fucking deluded because the comments after the Cardiff game were that we'd played quite well and it was an individual mistake that we'd lost the game. And, oh, and the ref, not and the ref, yeah, the ref had like ruined <laughs> the game because we hadn't got a penalty in the first half. And it, I think that was, it. maybe it wasn't the first time, but I think it was one of the first time that the majority of the fan base kind of like went, oh, fuck, we've got a guy in charge who has got no clue about what's going on on the field here because no one else agreed with what he was saying. Yeah. I mean, Sunderland away, he had that spat with the Sunderland journalist as well who decided to complain at his style of football, um, saying that it was hideous anti-football and one of the worst styles I think he'd ever seen, or something along those lines, which he didn't take to quite quite well. Um, but I, that that was, yeah, that, like, that game and Cardiff was where my mind had switched against. Let's remember that also before this, we had the Rotherham game. Well, I won't go into detail, but that was also abysmal. We won it, but we were terrible. This was a pattern forming, wasn't it? It was just horrible, horrible football to watch. I mean, sometimes these things can like really, you know, you can have a little bit of bad form. This can happen. 
But oh my comments, god! It was the comments afterwards though, which made it much worse. The form, like if you're playing badly on the field and the manager kind of like is receptive to it and sees it and agrees to it, you can at least understand it. Then you can be like, well, at least the manager knows we're not playing very good football here. It was more the comments afterwards. I think the comments after um, uh, the comments after Cardiff away, Matt, and we were sat in the car on the way out of Cardiff and. I think it was he was talking to Tim Deller and, and he basically said something along the lines of like, if if we'd had the penalty in the first half, it's a completely different game. And I know they got into the whole, you know, don't put words in my mouth, son, um, comments after that as well. One but of the best comments ever, that is. <laughs> we I remember hearing that one and thinking, it's your you're the manager. Like mm-hmm. you haven't done anything to try and tell these players how to win the game. And he, he that was definitely the first point, or no, again, like I said, maybe not the first time, but it was it was one of the first moments in the season where I thought he doesn't understand what's happening around him, and there's no context given to him. Um, and I think we're in a lot of trouble all of a sudden. Now, we now with the context of knowing that he could have been sacked months ago, it tells you that he knew he was in a very, very strong position. That that was the, the issue, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, the baffling thing, though, was that the, the stance he started taking towards the players, you know, I mean, Cardiff away, I think, was one of the first times he really started saying about the players aren't good enough. Um, and when that trend started to set in. I think he'd been saying it for a while that the players aren't good enough to play a certain style of football. But it, it we were still winning at those points in the earlier in the season, the first half of the year. He, he definitely did have it in the first half, but we didn't. People didn't pick up on it as much because we were winning games and he said, we've got to play a certain way of football to grind results. And as soon as those results disappeared and he carried on saying it, people were like, well, you just look like a bit of a prick now, don't you? So, mm-hmm. Well, it, it was it was, it was was that and just, you, you can't keep doing that in runs of, in runs of form where you've, you know, I mean, those two games, Rotherham and Blackpool turned out to be our own two wins, you know, in that, in is the it, calendar those, year, those were yeah. I was gonna say those were only yeah. two in the whole of twenty three. You know, and when you look at that, when you when, when you got your manager saying, you know, you're not good enough, they're not that like they can't play football. You know, the, the the confidence that breeds. I mean, it showed it showed towards the end of the season. You know that it, like like the the team was devoid of confidence, um, and just any thought of how to play football is it's a weird mentality to try and start implementing because you can understand it at the start of the season. Siege mentality, worlds against us, you know, had to deal with everything, embargoes, etc. put together a team of, you know, other teams off cuts. But, you know, when it gets when when it gets to that run, like like Cardiff away in Sunderland, you know, Sunderland, I was virtually done with Ince at that point. But Cardiff was was the final straw for me. That was that was the moment when I just thought, no, he, he cannot stay any longer. But he did. Uh, he did indeed. And then we went on to play Blackpool, beat Blackpool 3-1. And that put us 13 points clear in the relegation zone. That's just incredible, Matt, isn't it? And when you look back at that, I mean, I came out of that game. Obviously, now hindsight is a great thing. And I thought, we're not certain of staying up, but I felt pretty confident. What were you thinking? Yeah, you know, you you looked at it and... Like Alex said earlier, you know the the Rotherham and Black game, Blackburn games, uh, Blackpool game, sorry, were must wins, and they won them. You know, uh, Rotherham unconvincing Blackpool. Blackpool looked shocking that day. They looked like they were destined to go down. I think you know that was probably one of the games where they thought they were probably 
destined to go down. But leaving it like, say, it looks crazy when you look back on it, you know, and you think we were 13 points clear on February the 25th. And you go on to then just completely lose. Actually, I, I can't even remember what points we finished on. We might have actually finished on the same or less points in 44 points, maybe by the end of the season, which is crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, just after that, you know, we got the news of the points deduction, you know, starting to come in. So, and that's kind of was the final nail in the coffin, really, I, I guess, the, the six points deduction. And you had yeah. that news hanging over us for, for, felt like months really i think it was about a month in the end wasn't it but yeah yeah you, you look at that blackball game and you see how far ahead we were at that point 14th in the table 44 points after 30 games sad really looking back i i, I don't know what else to say towards it because it's it's just crazy it's it's a boggling stat when you think about it it is well blackpool fans did uh, enjoy singing on the first day of the season that's why you're going down and they were correct but they also went yeah, down with one. us. <laughs> so, yeah, you weren't any better. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, we're going to jump a little bit now. I think we should move on probably to the Preston game and all the events that came around that. Um, Alex, it's kind of you were at that game again with Matt and just a sickening last minute. But all the events that happened afterwards were, were huge, weren't they? Yeah, it was another game where we just didn't play very well and yet we didn't get battered and we almost looked like we'd steal a point kind of thing near the end and then concede later on and I think it was I think it was four or five away games this year where we lost points in the last minute and it just vanished um it yeah it's it's so frustrating that game um because it just it felt like a mirror of so many games that we'd seen this season and the Preston game obviously came on the back of the fact that we hadn't won for what seven games before that, um, and those seven games had come on the back of the news that we'd, you know, taken a points deduction or were going to take a points deduction. Um, I think it I just it just been applied, if I'm remembering correctly, by the time we got to the Preston game. But the news had been breaking for, or in inverted commas, breaking Matt for about a month by that point, and it felt like the club as a whole had really taken a bit of a battering internally when that news came out. It almost felt like they were surprised by it, the players in the squad. It, it, it seemed like they were surprised. It seemed like that everyone was out to get him, ruin his day, ruin his managerial ability, everything to do with him, you know. But the reality of it was that, you know, that, um, I mean, the six points hit us um, it was just before the Birmingham game because it was Easter weekend that weekend. And Christ, we had a great Easter weekend last year, but it couldn't have been any of worse this year, you know, because you also had the debacle at the end of the Birmingham game before the Preston game, you know, where was it? it was Tom Ince on the free kick, didn't want to put it into the box. And, you know, and it, and it's like, we need to be winning these games because you that looked at the, the games coming up. end to a game. I can remember in a game that we're trying to win in so long, when he knocks it back to Andy Eardham after five minutes of injury time. And you think... We weren't trying to win that game, though, were we? <laughs> no, we probably wouldn't have scored, but it was just so confusing. Like, it's just... Just the action of... It was the action of a team that didn't want to take responsibility for what was going on. No. 
And when you look at it, probably again, when you look back to the Blackburn game, a uh, Blackpool game, and you look at the games that then followed, you look at the draws. It was Bristol, Hull at home, those two. You looked at it and you thought, we've got to be getting points here. Or we've got to be getting a win. And then the Black um, Birmingham, what are, I keep saying Blackburn. I don't know why I've got Blackburn in my head. I'm probably thinking back to the start of the season too much. Um, but, you know, the Birmingham game just capped it off. And Preston, that Preston game was the game where I have to say leaving. I thought we were down. I mean, mm. I said it after after the game, you know, we left and we we heard obviously Paul Lynch was getting the sack um, the next morning. Even with Hunt came, coming in, it was probably, I was probably being a bit harsh on the odds, but, you know, I was probably thinking we probably had about a 10, 15% of chance of staying up with with Hunt. With Ince, it was zero. And that gave me some hope because at least we had something going forwards to potentially cling on to towards the end of the season. But the Preston game was when I thought, I felt I felt like Paul after that Preston game when Hunt came in that he's got two really tough games coming up, Burnley and Luton and Coventry, very tough game away from home. And really everything hinged on the last two games of the season. And then we produced a reasonably good defensive performance against Burnley, who were definitely off game that day, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Now we look back at it. And then Luton was a really big moment. You're 1-0 up against a team who are third in the league, chasing down the playoffs. And we take the lead against them. And it's difficult because I don't want to sit here and blame Andy Carroll for the fact that we've been relegated. That isn't right and it isn't really very fair. But also, it's just it, it's such a pivotal moment in, in a run-in when you haven't won for, what, 10 games by that point? You're 1-0 up against a team who are near the top of the league and you've got yourself sent off. It's just a huge moment in in the running. Yeah. Um, I remember the moment when you thought that, you you know, we were 2-0 up and then that horrible sensation when the referee wasn't moving in the right direction, the players didn't look quite right and you get that sinking feeling. And you think, oh, he's going to disallow it. No, 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 this is Reading FC. Um, they're actually going to send him off. So not only have we uh, not got the second goal, we're now down 10 men. I mean, when you watch it back, he said after the match, oh, I didn't mean to do it and all this. Come on, Andy. You may have not gone into that corner meaning to do it, but that split second that you could have moved your hand and you actually touched it slightly. Come on, you definitely did mean to do it. And it was just a bad decision, a really bad decision to do that. Um, And like you say, Alex, it's not the reason we were relegated. There's no doubt on that. There's lots of other reasons, but it definitely didn't help. And we never know whether we would have beaten Luton. We just don't know. But also like the goal that we conceded against Luton, it was just comical. They kind of summed it up. And for me, the Luton game was one I thought, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I felt before we were going down, but that just clinched it. It was everything in that game was just relegation team, complete, comical, farcical. Just yeah. Yeah, the Luton game was was just, as you say, it was the hallmark of a relegation side. You you get a player sent off when they're trying to score, your the goal you concede is like your goalkeepers running around in circles, literally running around in circles trying to find the ball. And punched it into his own defender, which yeah, threw it up in the air. It, it, it was the hallmark of a 
team which was going to get relegated, right? Um, and as you say, the reason we get relegated isn't because of Carroll getting sent off, but it definitely doesn't help the next two games when he's then suspended. And we go to Coventry, and I know we'll come on to it in the next podcast, and lots of people said that Coventry away was the first game. Well, maybe not the first game, but it was one of the biggest moments of, yeah, we're going down now. Like, And it was the sudden realisation after that game. A lot of it was the results as well, because you had results going against us for that Coventry game. I think it was it was the it was Birmingham game as well where we QPR slipped into Burnley, the, right? Yeah. Where, yeah, you know, that 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 was QPR Burnley at Coventry. Um the Birmingham game we slipped into the relegation zone because of again fixtures. It was against a silly us. run of results which went against us, I will say. And you know, there's no denying the fact that Reading have deserved to go down this year. Um but it was a silly run of results. Every single result for probably the best part of a month that Reading were like, well, if this team at the top of the table can do their, you know, do their job and get a win or pick up a point against the teams at the bottom, that would be good for us. And they lost. And it happened nearly every single time for probably the best part of a month, I think, at the end of the season, Neville. And then you went into the Wigan game and you thought, and we went into that Wigan game with the, I think it was if we went in, we went in and it was, if we can beat Wigan, and Huddersfield don't beat both Cardiff and Sheffield United, and we then beat Huddersfield, we'll stay up. That's all that matters. You win the last two games, you'll stay up. Um, and then we played the Wigan game, and it, it it was just so flat. Again, it was one of those games where it's just like, eh, well, if we get relegated, we get relegated. That's, that is genuinely what the attitude what felt like on the field at points. It is just so kind of slow. Yeah, um, I think the problem is it's just two shit teams, isn't it, on that day? Dreadful. Um, we hadn't won for at that point in 12 matches going into that one. Zero confidence, zero belief. Um, no, hadn't been left in a situation with a team that I thought when he came in, he had almost no chance of getting us out of it. <sighs> Injuries. Players out of form, players don't want to be there. It was almost impossible by that point. I mean, the fact that we actually managed to get a really late equaliser through Yaku Mate, who Wigan fans, as I said before, must really dislike. Um, and I totally understand that. He's really damaged them. But it didn't matter, did it? It's like, yeah, we got a last minute, very nearly a last minute equaliser against Wigan, but you're kind of, yeah, that's great, but it's not enough, is it, Matt? I mean, we needed to win that game to have any chance at all. But even then, I think we would have screwed it up. Yeah, you know, I mean, you say even if we did win it, we still would have had to have gone to a, a Huddersfield in an away game when I think it was, I think the stat would have been we'd, we'd not won away in 12, I think, going into that away game. You know, like we've been shocking away from home this year. You know, bottom of the table, was it, I think, 11 or 12 points in total away from home this year? You're not staying up if you can only do that away from home, you know. And you combine in their six-point deductions and that, you know. But it, you're, you're, you're digging your own grave in that side of things. But, I mean, the Wigan game, it just... I think the lack of quality just started to show, really. You know, and like you say, combine that with, with injuries, um, suspensions players not wanting to be there it was just you know that the writing was on the wall you know the the nail was in the coffin by that point you know it was it it was sad because as well the last minute winner against um 
or um, that Yaku scored against uh, against Wigan, I couldn't even celebrate it, you know, um, which because it, it just didn't mean anything. I know plenty of people around, you know, were, were, were celebrating and hoping, but it, it, it just felt like, like you say, just like. What, what what does it mean? You know what 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 on earth is that gonna is that gonna do? We, we we've lost our chance here, you know, because it was a must win, and we didn't win, and we haven't won. We haven't won a game since February, and ultimately that's why Reading have got relegated. We've just been bad for months and months and months and months. Look after the results you can you can deal with, which is your games, rather than relying on other teams. Exactly, and. I know we touched on it and the six point deduction was big and it was big, but we've still gone down by five points. It's not like we've gone down by one point after a six point deduction. We've gone down by, by five points and Cardiff have kind of switched off for the last two games of three games of the season because they were, they were safe. That is true. And I've seen it from Cardiff fans saying, oh, we would have played a stronger team against Huddersfield in that scenario if we didn't have the points deduction. It's all theoretical, right? But it's, it's all theoretical, but Huddersfield will be in a lot of teams. Yeah. There's no there's no reason to not believe that they would have beaten them. And as much as we can have the pivotal moments, which are great, the pivotal moment was years ago from Die Young. That's the pivotal moment. I don't want to get involved in that, but he is the person who's caused this damage. Yeah, ultimately, ultimately the six-point production, you know, theoretical or not, uh, whether other teams might have picked up more points, it, it has cost them at the end of the day. Because without it, would they have been safe? Probably. At least they would have given themselves a much better chance. Swansea fans are gutted. <laughs> Absolutely gutted, because if we'd have relegated uh, Cardiff, uh, they might have even enjoyed coming to Reading for a season. I doubt it, but you know. Yeah, I, I, d- I doubt it as well. But do you want to know one final ironic point though? What was Paul Lintz always saying back at the start of the season, and he was getting so smug about if you score fifty he, points, you'll stay up. Points. How many points did we score on the field? Fifty points. And what would you have needed to have stay up? Fifty points. I can just tell he's chuckling away somewhere. Fucking, oh, it's getting me angry, that, thinking about it. Four well, minutes having the last laugh. That is probably a good point to end on. Um, well, maybe not a good point. It's a bad point to end on, but it's a point to end on for this podcast. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed listening back to some of the pivotal moments in this season. I'm not sure why you enjoyed listening back to them, but hopefully you've enjoyed us, like, ranting about the pivotal moments in this season. If you have, drop us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and uh, tune in for the next episode where we'll be talking about players from this season, how they performed and hopefully a better future for Reading as well. Right, Paul? Part two of the therapy session will be available soon.